Amen. Thanks, Jessica. Uh, a couple quick things that I forgot to ask Jessica to announce about the chili cook-off and bingo bonanza. Uh, just a reminder, if you are bringing chili, we need you to bring a full crock pot of chili. If you can have it, like, heated through fairly well, it makes it a little easier for us to keep it hot as we plug it in. Otherwise, we start blowing circuits, and, you know, the power will go out while we're worshiping, and, and then, you know, we'll have to eat chili quicker. Um, also, if you're baking cookies, we are asking you to bring one full batch of cookies. You don't need to double it or triple it or half it, just one full batch. That way we make sure we have enough cookies um, for everybody in, in the place. Um, I plan on eating at least a half a batch or more cookies. I'm going to skip the chili and go right to um, the cookies. It's going to be a good time. How many people in the room are making brownies? Yes, one, two. Yes, good. I'm glad. Brownies are cookies from now on forever. They are forever known as cookies. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. If you want to open up your Bibles to Titus, Titus chapter 3. Titus is a little bit past halfway of the New Testament. you got 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 3 John's, Jude and Revelation. Right? You guys all know that? All right. So Titus chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to dive in. This is Paul, and he's writing to Titus. He says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions, in desires. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and by the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that you who have trusted in God may be careful to devote yourselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Amen. Amen. I have been reading through Titus over the last um, couple of weeks. It's great because for me, I feel good about myself. I can read an entire book of the Bible twice in one day. You know, feel like a whole entire book. So if you ever want to do that, Titus is a good one. It's three really good. Jude is a great one. Um, and I've been pouring over uh, these three chapters. And, and no matter how much I poured over all three chapters, this one part um, just would never leave me alone and never escape me. And so this morning, I want to do, hopefully, as Paul did here in Titus, he simply starts by reminding. He says, remind the people. And what that really means is this is something that's already been taught. It's not something new. It's not something, you know, some new theology or some new revelation. But he's simply reminding people of the call of God on their life and, and the things that God has called them to do. And this morning I, I am hoping to do the same. In here he begins by reminding us of the ever fun, ever popular, please be obedient to all of your leaders and all of your authorities. That's top of my list of exciting news to hear each and every day. But this is how God often works, right? He, 
He doesn't give us a whole lot of wiggle room. He's very clear in what he says, uh, very clear in, our, in the call on our lives. And, and Paul reminds them here, it doesn't say, uh, remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities who are Christians. It doesn't say, remind them to be uh, in obedience and, and, and respectful and kind to those who love them, to those who care about them, to those who know them. It says that you are supposed to be subject to the rulers and the authorities, period. To be obedient, that's actually a comma, sorry. To be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to not slander no one, to be peaceable, considerate, and to show humility towards all men. And as I've been thinking about our call, you know, we have been talking, and, and I feel like I've been saying, we've been talking about our s- stepping out in faith and, and what is God calling us to and what's next in our lives. And sometimes we can get wrapped up in, in the bigness of that in some specific call and some grand thing, and then we can lose sight of some of the very simple, very um, everyday things that God is calling us to do. And here Paul is reminding us that one of the things that as Christians we are called to do is that we are called to be submissive to those who are over us doesn't matter who they are and what they look like, um, what position they hold in your life. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. It says that you're called to be obedient to those who are over us. And then he reminds them again. The whole entire passage, he begins reminding them of, of something new. He reminds them again, don't forget also that we too were just like these people. That we too were once evil. We too were, had malice in our hearts. We too were hating each other and being hated. We, too, had evil desires and were, and were caught up in them. Actually, you know, Pastor Billy was talking about that, that passage in Hebrews 12, that, that we let go of all things that are not of God. It says that we also, the, the snares that so easily entangle us, that once we were like that. But then he gets to this part, and this is really kind of what I want to dig down into. He says, once we were like that. And then one of the best words you're ever going to come across in the Bible, it says this, but... But when the kindness and love of God showed up, when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And then he goes on to talk about being renewed by being rebirthed and being renewed by the Holy Spirit and that we have hope and eternal life because of the grace of God. And as I began pouring over this passage and and letting it kind of sink in as, as I went through my day, I began to realize how often do we not walk as God walked towards us, right? That's our example. Jesus walked the way Jesus walked. That's what we're called to do, the way God walked towards us and the way he comes to us. That's how we're supposed to respond. It says that when his kindness and his love showed up, we were saved. And I wondered how often do we not walk in kindness and in love? And you begin to put all these together and you begin to see that there is a huge calling on us as Christians in this world, just literally in the way we conduct ourselves. Not so much in all the words we say, but how we say our words. Not so much in what we do, but how we do it. And so as I began to go back over, over these verses after honing in on the love and kindness of God, I began to realize that a lot of what God is calling us to do, we cannot do without fully understanding his love and kindness towards us so that we can operate in that. See, you will never be able to obey all of your authority and all of the leaders that are over you unless you can learn to love them and to be kind to them. You can't. You will never be, what does it say, obedient and be ready to do whatever is good, to never slander, to be peaceable, to be considerate, and to show humility towards all men 
if we can't learn to be loving and kind and compassionate, that this is what God calls us to. You know, in the world, uh, people are called, uh, people uh, like to say that they love everybody and, and that they're kind to everybody. But really, if you begin to notice and if you watch things that are going on in our world on any kind of regular basis, you begin to know they do that based on when it is good for them when it serves their purposes, and when everything lines up. But as Christians, we're called to a much higher, much deeper standard than that. We're called to set a standard, not follow a standard. And this is the standard that we're called to follow. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you in Luke chapter 6, verse 32 and 36. This is how we're called to live this kindness and love like God gave to us. It says, if you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners... Love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to get something back. But love your enemies. Do them good. Lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great and you and, you and your children, of the, you will be a child of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. And then Galatians 5, through 24 says this. Most of you probably know it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, this is the standard that God is calling us to. This is what... He wants us to do each and every day of our lives. When we begin to talk about what is God calling you to, you can start right here. One of the things God is calling you to is to walk in kindness, to walk in love towards all of those that you meet. Particularly, he's saying in here, those are, who are in authority over you. Can you imagine what your workplace might look like or your household might look like or, or wherever you might be if you always responded with kindness and compassion to those who are over you? Yes. Don't think too long on it because it might hurt a little bit. Ask yourselves the question, if people look at me and, and, and if people see me, do they see kindness or do they hear kindness? Do they hear compassion when I speak to them and when I uh, interact with them? When I post on Facebook or Instagram, do they see kindness and compassion? What do people see when I am talking, when I am walking through this life? Colossians 3.12 says this, and this might be my favorite passage about this in all of the Bible. Colossians 3.12 through 14 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's me and you, holy and dearly loved, that's me and you, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and give, forgive one another if any of you has grievance against someone else. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. It says, clothe yourself with compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness. Clothe yourself with humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, the clothes are, are what we wear, right? It's what people see. You know, and, and we get very concerned about it. In fact, my wife gets very concerned. She was concerned for me this morning because I left the house way before she did, and I left my dress socks there they are, on, on the floor. 
she, I left the dress socks on the floor, and so I just left on my red socks because they're socks, right? And this is, don't shake your head at me. It's okay. And plus, those part of my clothes people don't see unless you're on stage and you just point them out to everybody. <laughs> but as I was thinking about this, this is what we see, right? This is who we're supposed to be. You know, we often talk about putting on the armor of God, right? In Ephesians, we talk about putting on the armor of God so we can stand and we can fight. But how often do we think about and talk about and, and do that we clothe ourselves with compassion and love? That, that our first act is kindness towards somebody. Our first act is, is gentleness, is compassion, is love towards somebody. That as people see me, what they see is love. Or do they see maybe somebody that's a little edgy or frustrated by today's events or frustrated by lack of sleep or frustrated that, you know, something in my life doesn't quite line up like I would want it to or maybe life wasn't fair to me today. But God is asking us to set a standard that says, I am going to respond and I am going to meet with you and I am going to talk with you from a place that's compassionate, that's kind, and that's loving. See, that's what God did for us. In Romans 5, it says that while we were yet sinners, not once we were nice to God, and not once, once we, we just accepted all of God's teachings, it says while we were still sinners, while we were still messed up, God sent his son for you and for me. That he looked upon us with kindness and compassion. And when God's kindness and compassion showed up, it says in Titus, when it showed up is when our lives changed. And I wonder if we walk that way, if we talk that way, if, if that's what of our, our heart's desires when we wake up in the morning, and then we come in contact with people, what will begin to happen? How often do we come in contact with people who were like we were, Paul said, that we were messed up, that, that we had malice in our hearts, that we hated people and we were being hated, that we had sin in our lives? How often are we coming in contact with people and what they need is the kindness and love of God that resides in us? How often are they needing somebody to put an arm around them and assume that maybe something bad is going on in their life versus they're just a mean jerk? How often do we do that? Somebody's rude to us, somebody's mean to us, and we just assume, ah, that guy's not nice. You never know what has happened in somebody's life before they've come in contact with you. But we often, what we really want is we want people to know what happens in our life when they come in contact with us. We want them to know that we've been with our Savior that we've accepted the love and kindness of our Savior and that we want to walk through that. See, kindness does something to people. In our world, we're often kind to people, like I said before, so it benefits us. And people see that. People know that. If you're kind and you're loving towards somebody because you want something, they can see it. But if you're kind and loving towards somebody because Jesus has called you to it, because you're clothed in compassion, you're clothed in kindness, you're clothed in humility, people see that too. And kindness begins to open up doors. Proverbs 15.4 says, A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. 16.24, Proverbs says, Kind words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the sound and healing to the bones. And Romans 2.4 says that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. It's the kindness that God showed us that leads us to repentance. It's the love that he showed us, the mercy, it's the grace that he shows us that begins to lead to repentance. And we want to see people's lives change. Try being kind to them. You start being kind to somebody, they will begin to open up. They will begin 
to share. They will begin to tell you things and ask you for help and ask you for prayer. If you begin to show them true love and kindness and compassion, lives can be changed because they'll open up and you can introduce them to the one who can save them. The one who can change their whole life around, not because of their righteous good deeds, but because of the grace and mercy of God our Savior. There are people that need God's love and kindness, and they need to see it from you. In this passage, it says, this uh, is a trustworthy saying. Right before that, it says, this will give you the hope of eternal life. You know, we live in a generation, um, Kent Hunter was saying, we live in one of the most hopeless generations or hopeless times ever in the history of our world. And hopeless means that there are people that are desiring hope. They might not have it, but they desperately want it. And we have that hope, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We understand who our Savior is. We have come to that that place where we know that, that God loves us. And there's people that need us to tell them about the love of God. But if we're not willing to walk in kindness and compassion, I promise you they won't hear it. If we're not walking in this and we're not clothed in this, there are things you will never be able to do for people. You know, one, one thing that we got to make sure we understand is that kindness does not mean or is not void of truth. It's not that kindness is here and truth is here. Kindness and truth really uh, go together. The thing is, if you want to speak truth into somebody's life, but you're not clothed in kindness or compassion, you will hurt somebody. They won't hear you. They will see you and they will hear what's wrong with them and all the problems they have in their life. But, man, if you walk in compassion and kindness towards people and then you begin to come alongside them and say, hey, man, I'm really worried about this in your life. I'm really concerned about this in your life. They will begin to hear you. It might hurt. Truth hurts. Truth always hurts. It's always going to sting a little bit. But I promise if you're not walking in, in compassion, you're not walking in love, you're not walking in kindness and humility, you will hurt them. But if you walk in that kindness and humility, you'll lead them to the one who saves them. But this is something that we must take on every single day of our lives. We can't just do it when we want to speak truth. The Bible says in uh, Ephesians 4.15 that we speak the truth in. Okay, let's try that again. We speak the truth in. Right. So we tend to do that by saying, hey, listen, I love you, but. Right. I love you, but you've got this problem and you need to fix it. I love you. And, that, and, and, and here's what's wrong in your life. I love you, but, I love you, but. And we don't have the relationship in order to walk in that way with them. But you walk in clothed humility, walk in clothed compassion, you walk in clothed kindness, you can speak to people and you can talk to them. And, and for me, I can picture people in my mind's eye that I know that have said things to me in the past and, and, and I've been like, I don't want to hear from you. I know that you really are, aren't that nice. There you go. There's that love and kindness that I'm walking towards them. That haven't been nice to me, haven't walked in kindness to me, and then have tried to speak into my life and, and tried to say something. And on nine times out of ten, um, I, I don't take it on board. And, it, and the one time I do, I really have to work hard at it because it's the truth what they're speaking, but they haven't spoken it from a place of love. But I can picture in my mind's eye people that I know love me and have come to me and said things, and it hurts just as much. It stings just as, as much. It, that little prick to realize I'm not perfect hurts. But then I begin to realize that person I know loves me. 
that person really does care for me. That person doesn't just say it and walk away. They say it and they stay next to me. That they walk next to me. They walk through these things with me. That's what it means to speak the truth in love, is that we're walking in that every single day. We're walking in love and kindness, and we're not just wanting to speak truth, and we're not just wanting to point out, but we're wanting to speak the love and the kindness of God. One last thing, and I find this to be utterly amazing when, when this happens all the time when I read the word, new things tend to pop up, and, and new ideas not new ideas, that sounds bad. Not, not new theology, but new things that I never really saw before. In the end of this passage of Scripture, in verse 11, it says, well, let's back up to verse uh, 8. It says, this is a trust, trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that you who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to what is doing good. To doing what is good, sorry. And then there's this last sentence that says, these things are excellent and profitable for everyone. And I, I read that and I was like, wow, that's amazing. For everyone. And here's what God began to reveal to me in this place. And there's a couple of scriptures I want to read. And you can jot them down if you want. The first is Proverbs 11:16 and 17. It says, a kind-hearted woman gains honor, but a ruthless man gains wealth. Those who are kind benefit themselves. But the cruel bring ruin upon themselves. And then Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. And then here's the part I want you to pay attention to. It says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, al along with every form of malice, but be kind. And compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. You see, bitterness and malice and hatred and slander and anger and rage can't coexist with kindness, compassion, and love. And there's this amazing thing that begins to happen. One, when we begin to understand the fullness of God's love and his kindness towards us, those things that are, that are built up in our life begin to break down that anger, that bitterness. But what I also know is that as I walk in love and compassion, as I purpose in my heart to be clothed in love and compassion, there's not nearly as much room for bitterness in my heart. There's not nearly as much room for anger or malice or content. There's not nearly as much room for depression to creep in. Because what I have to do in order to, to dwell and, and to, to be in a place that I can be loving and kind and compassionate is I have to be with God. And the more I'm with God and I see his love, the less I begin to dwell on the things in my life that are problems. And I begin to dwell more on the love and compassion of God and more on the love and compassion of Christ crucified for my sins. And then I have a heart for those who are around me. And I think less of the times that I'm offended. I think less of the times that I'm angry. I think less of the times that I'm bitter. It says that these are good statements, that, that they are excellent for everybody. They're profitable for everybody. That as you and I walk in kindness towards each other and other people we don't know, it actually begins to benefit myself. As I walk in kindness, I begin to benefit from that because my heart is in the perfect will of God. This is, we always talk about what is the will of God for my life? This is the will of God that we love, that we walk in love and kindness and compassion. And so 
if you're struggling with angerness and you're struggling with bitter or you're struggling with malice or, or whatever it might be, check out how you're treating people. Are you clothing yourself, as it says in Colossians? Are you clothing yourself with compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience? Because God every morning is compassionate to me. He's patient with me. He's forgiving with me every single day of my life. And I want to clothe myself in that, and I want to walk that way because I believe if we do that, we talk about stepping into new things and stepping out for God and, 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 and telling people about the love of Christ. If you begin here with love and kindness the way God showed up, when God's love and kindness showed up, and we show up that way, you will see lives change. And not just the ones you come in contact with, but your own. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your love and compassion in our life. God, I thank you that you sent your son that while we were still yet sinners, while we still had malice in our heart, while we were still hating and being hated, you sent your son for us. And that when your love and kindness showed up in our lives, we were changed. Lord, I pray that we would walk in that every day. We would remind ourselves, like Paul is reminding Titus, we remind ourselves every day of your love and compassion in our life, your love and your kindness in our life, Lord, that we would remind ourselves of that every single morning, Lord, that we would clothe ourselves in that and that we would walk in that each and every day, that we would walk towards those in our life with compassion, Lord, with kindness, with humility, Lord, that we may open up doors and speak into people's lives, Lord, that we would breathe life into them, Lord, we would speak blessings and not curses, Lord, that we would lift people up and not tear people down, Lord, that we would walk in kindness and compassion towards one another. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.